Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. After the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch the Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to the Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. Good morning. We are here. What's happening? What day of the week is it? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Fifth day of the week. Okay. Yes, fifth day of the week, because Sunday counts as the first day. I don't do all that. All I know is tomorrow's Friday, and that's when the weekend starts. Man. It, and it's Super Bowl weekend. Yes. It's definitely Super Bowl weekend. I think that we have to embrace Thursday as a day of the weekend. And i tell you why. Because you you know, weekends be feeling like 30-minute lunch breaks. So it's like I think we have to start embracing now as the weekend. So that means tomorrow, if you got to go to work, don't give it your all. <laughs> don't give it your all what? tomorrow. Don't, don't give it your all. You, you know what I mean? You him, you're going to get fired. Coast nope. on Fridays. You know what I mean? I really start today, nope. but really when you go in tomorrow, treat it as if it's just like, you know, you're going in to pick something up, but you nope. ain't really got nothing to do. You better not. Yeah, that's the only way. That's we'll, the only way to truly enjoy your weekend. You're we'll coast to the unemployment line. You better Because we only get one full day, Saturday. if you think about it. You get a night, Friday Saturday, night, right? Friday night, yeah. And usually you're too exhausted from working, so you don't really do nothing on Friday. And then you got all day Saturday, mm-hmm. and then Sunday morning you might go to church, or you might sleep in, and you might do bedside Baptist like I do with Bishop T.D. Jakes, meaning I'm in the bed, but I'm watching on YouTube. And then you back at work on Monday. That's not right. Well, not you right. wouldn't want to do that, though. You wouldn't say that to, like, the teachers who are in the schools with your kids. Absolutely would. You wouldn't want them to come to work I would and not li- do anything. That's a lie. On Fridays, there was nothing like being in school when your teachers would come to school and not want to do anything. Throw a movie on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tell y'all have some creative time. Y'all talk amongst yourselves. It's Friday. Enjoy yourself. I would lo- You would love that if I was a teacher, especially if I was a teacher. If you're in the airport, you wouldn't want the people there to just take their time while the line is getting longer and longer and not care. Sure, sure I would. Just go, go on through. Just going through. It didn't beep at the security. <laughs> Nothing beeped. Go on. Enjoy yourself. Mm. Yes. All right. Friday's a nice day to just relax, don't you think? I mean, every day is a nice day just to relax. You put it out there like that. Goodness but gracious. definitely Fridays. All right. Well, Reverend Al Sharpton will be joining us this morning. Okay. He's got a new book out. Yeah, he got a new book out. It's called Untold Stories of the Social Justice Movement in America. Righteous, Righteous Troublemakers. Troublemakers. That's right. So yep. we're going to kick it with uh, Reverend Al Sharpton. Love Reverend Al. All right. And he takes no he takes no days off. No, he <laughs> takes no days off. Definitely takes no that days off. That ain't true. I didn't been on vacation with Reverend Al. I didn't been seen, I didn't seen Reverend Al on vacation. He probably was still working on that phone. <laughs> he definitely was. Uh, yeah, but he still was doing stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure he was still in the gym. <laughs> take, a self, take a selfies. Shout out to Reverend Al. All right, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, let's talk about NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, and he is talking about racism in the NFL. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I want she and she and she, and they love them some me. I can't. And they love them some me. Well, I never heard that part of the song. Morning, everybody. It's and DJ they them some me. Angela Yee, Charlamagne <laughs> the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. To you. Let's get in some front page news. Now, I believe today is the NBA uh, trade deadline. Uh, they've been talking a lot about uh, possibly James Harden going to Philly for Ben Simmons. 
Yeah, I saw that. That would make no sense. Though. That would make no sense. Oh, I mean, uh, I, it, uh, bro, if Ben Simmons can't deal with Philly, he's not gonna be able to deal. Yeah, with Yeah, he's him. not gonna be able to deal with Brooklyn. I'm talking about for Philly because it's like you know you get rid of that piece that is Ben Simmons and you get James Harden. James Harden's going into free agency. I doubt James Harden wants to be on the East Coast. It ain't no nightlife on the East Coast. Okay, you come from a state uh, in Texas where there's no taxes. Now you got to pay all this money in taxes here in New York. It's gonna be the same thing in Philly. James don't want to be on the East Coast. Yeah, but at least Philly a, a will and deal Ben Simmons, who nobody knows where he wants to be. Yeah, but then you're, Philly's left with nothing after that. Yeah, but James they, Harden leaves in free agency, then what? But they have nothing now with Ben Simmons. At least so you, they so, might, so you get James and try to make a push for the championship. Yeah, run for the chip, and then hopefully yeah. if they do, you know, he'd be like, ah, right, well, I'll stay another year. I got Joel Embiid. Yeah. I got a couple of pieces around me. Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what Brooklyn yeah. does with Ben Simmons though. I don't either. I don't that, know what Brooklyn does with Brooklyn at this point. Yeah, because <laughs> when that press get on Ben Simmons' ass, I, yeah, he thought Philly was rough. Goodness gracious! Yeah. All right, what else we got, Yeezy? Well, let's talk about NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. He made some remarks during the State of the League address leading up to the Super Bowl. And this is all, of course, following that federal class action lawsuit that was filed last week by Brian Flores, who is the former Miami Dolphins head coach. He accused the league, along with three NFL franchises, of alleged racial discrimination. Here is what Roger Goodell had to say. Why does the NFL and its owners have such a difficult time at the highest levels hiring black people into decision-making positions? We've, we look at the same numbers. We believe in diversity. We believe in it as a value. We believe it's made it stronger. Uh, people have come into the league who are diverse, have been very successful, and made us better. Uh, I think what we have to do is just continue and find and look and step back and say, we're not doing a good enough job here. We need to find better solutions and better outcomes. That's all he got? Uh, that's it. Yeah, I mean, the league is roughly 70% black players and only two black head coaches among their 32 franchises. Yeah, I don't know what you can do because you can't change the heart of the owners. And I don't even know if it's, you know, legal to make it mandatory that ha that there has to be a certain amount of, you know, black coaches, black offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, assistant coaches. I don't, I don't even know if that's legal. I doubt it. Right. All they have now is that Rooney rule. You have to uh, interview, interview yeah. for it. Yep. And that's about it. That, you that have to interview nothing, black though. people for open head coaching positions and at least one external minority candidate for a coordinator job. But yeah. that doesn't mean you have to hire them. No, exactly. Now, one thing that could help is Byron Allen, as you know, is making a bid for the Broncos. He wants to buy the Denver Broncos. That would make him the only majority owner of an NFL team. What I don't so, understand is this. What? Robert Smith. You know, it's been rumored that Robert Smith wants to make a bid for the Broncos, too. Mm -hmm. Why don't Byron Allen and Robert Smith come together? Like, that makes that makes zero sense to me. Why compete with uh, another black man to buy the team? Because you know one of y'all exits the other out. Don't you think? Does it? Does, um, I'm gonna just ask you. Does it increase your chances of having a black owner if you have two people bidding, or does it decrease them, or does it increase it for y'all to come together? But it's like it's, it's my business and your business. We might not see eye to eye on a lot of things, but you know you you have enough money to try to purchase it. I have enough money. But y'all both want to buy the team, right? So it's like why not pull your resources, come together, and you know. Maybe that gives you the, 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 a stronger chance. And it, might be, it might be too much mental space. Now, who runs the team? Who's in control? You know, it's... I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, I mean, if they both can afford to do it and they yeah. both want to, but maybe they didn't necessarily want to team up with each other, they shouldn't have to. No, they definitely shouldn't I have to. I think sometimes we cancel each other out when we do things like that. No, nah, but we both should, we shouldn't it have to. It actually might increase the chances of, of one because now you have two people. Maybe. You know, that are, are different bids. 
All right, but he said that he was actually encouraged to consider NFL franchise ownership by a pair of prominent league power players. He said NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft came to me in November of 2019 and asked me to take a good look at buying an NFL team. And after serious consideration, I strongly believe I can effectuate positive changes throughout the league. And for that reason, I will be making a bid for the Denver Broncos. Now, let me ask you a question. If I own the Denver Broncos right now, can I decide who I want to sell it to? Yeah, hundred percent. It's gonna make it's gonna make it look crazy. Um, you know, for you to turn down two black people making a bid. I mean, because you can, right? You'd be like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to sell it to either of them. I, I don't like the direction they want to take the team. I'll sell it mm-hmm. to somebody else, right? And then, and like, I don't know how many people are making bids either right now. You know what I mean, so how does that work? I have no idea. Me don't. All right. Well, that's that is out, that's out of that my is your front page news. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. act, I'm acting my wage. I don't know nothing about how billionaires you know sell their teams. <laughs> I right. can't even speculate. Because even with the Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Bob- Bobcats, I mean, Bob Johnson had a choice to who he wanted to sell it to, right? He sold it to Big MJ. He sold it to Michael Jordan. But that just makes so much sense on so many different levels. Number so, one, Michael Jordan is black, but number one, he's the greatest basketball player of all right. time. So Michael Jordan so, wanted so, to sell it. He Hopefully he'd sell it to another brother. So for the league to have Michael Jordan owning a team, that's great for the NBA. I agree. That's, that's, that was a no-brainer. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051 is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, we walk off from Jersey. Good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning, man. Get it off your chest, brother. Uh, I just want to briefly uh, address the Jim Jones incident at Gucci. Yes. And... I believe after later on that day or the next day, he went and posted at another European establishment. And I don't say European as negative content. I mean, as far as a high-end designer European establishment. So, and he posted it as though it was a win, which in actuality is not. He went from one place that didn't appreciate him or like him because of who he was and didn't give him the proper service to another place that although they did, outside the confines of that establishment, they would treat him the same way. We have to learn, and, and that cliche about going where you are appreciated and not and not tolerated works in, in one aspect, but economically, we ha- it, it doesn't apply because we have to go and build our own infrastructure. What would have been the win if Jim would have went, right? He's a, he's a Harlem cat, if he would have went right over to Lennox, went to Harlem Haberdashery, which has been around for decades, and, and make some of the best clothes you can see, and said, listen, I'm at home. I just dropped 20000 in Harlem Haberdashery. I helped the black bone business. I went where I'm not only tolerated, but where I'm loved, and I helped them grow. We talk in our community about black generational wealth, and we only look at it from an individual family aspect. But there's not going to be any sustained generational wealth without a black infrastructure. So, for instance, and, and I'm not highlighting you three, but for instance, MVU and Charlemagne, your great-grandchildren, when they spend their money, it's probably going to be in a white community or a white establishment or a white environment, and that's not a knock on them. It's because they're going to, you guys have reached certain levels economically and socially, that your, the, the circles that your kids are going to run are not going to be necessarily the ones that you run, you ran in, or predominantly black people run in. Whoa, because, whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. Can I say something let, real let, quick? Let, I want to say something let, real quick. Let, let I, I, no, I want to say something real quick. You're not wrong, but I'm broke, baby. Okay. <laughs> Well, I ain't got I, no goddamn I, money. I would say this though, but you, you are absolutely positively wrong. I know uh, Charlemagne. Nah, you're not wrong. 
we're creating businesses for our kids to to run. Uh, I know my businesses are for our community, whether it comes to the car show, whether it comes to a lot of the other things, it's for our community. So our money will stay in our community. And as far as Jim Jones is concerned, I can't, you know, say or deny, but I do know that that was a video that they were shooting, Five Mics featuring Jim Jones. And Five Mics is actually a a family member of mine, like a real family. They were shooting a, a, a video and they were going from store to store shooting a video talking about shopping. And I don't know how many stores they went to. I think they went to about seven to ten stores and they were just jumping in and out. So they might have went to some some um, black establishments as well, but we only I, see what they posted. I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think this brother's wrong, and I'm not even going to say it's a, a class thing, brother, because I don't know if you ever seen that episode of Trigger Warning by Killer Mike, when Killer Mike did an experiment where he purposely was like, I'm not going to spend any money with a white establishment. Mm-hmm. Everything I spend money on today is going to be with black people. Mm-hmm. And he I, caught I, hell. He couldn't find any places. I'm sorry? No, he was saying that he could, he couldn't find it. He was saying that Big Mike, Killer Mike, because it was come, because it was everything. He was everything. trying to buy like products to because, wash with, you know, yeah, driving cars, driving cars, it's, it's everything. Very difficult, yeah. Because we don't have that infrastructure, so I guess you guys saw the apple, but Mr. Treated, I was trying to plant as far as our infrastructure will help sustain Black generational wealth for all Black people once we have uh, uh, infrastructure where we can go spend our money, not mm-hmm. just banks and clothing stores, but things overall where we can have a community and our money stays. There. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. If, if, right now, if, if if I became a millionaire, and, and even with the mindset I have, my great-grandchildren are going to spend my, when I'm dead and gone, those millions are going to probably end up outside of the community. Uh, look at, uh, you name any successful black multimillionaire billionaire, chances are when that money is spent, it's going to be spent outside our community. Not because they don't want to spend it inside our community, because we don't have... I get what you're saying. I I get what you're saying. so, So I just ask that when we say generational wealth, we don't just think about our own uh, immediate circle, because we want to be able to create generational wealth for all of us that, like, like my Latino brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. We got, hey, my brother, we, we, brothers and sisters. we, we got to go, but thank you, man. You, 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 you raised a lot of great points this morning, King. You definitely did. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's up, Evie? What's up, Trav? Yee, what's up, boo? Hey, Trav. I missed you. I miss you too, boo. What's up, son? Trav, what up, sis? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. First, I just want to say um, I had an amazing weekend out in New York. Shout out to the Bully and the Peace podcast, L'Oreal, Wax, most importantly, Taylor, for showing me a great time. I mean, yo, y'all should have came, man. Did, did Taylor give you that, um, what, what's the extra machine called? The machine? The machine. Oh, the, uh, the um, hold on, I got it right here. The auto blow, the auto blow machine. No, she gave me like this little. I did, I did get this sex toy from her though, and it like vibrates and like moves up and down. I think that's the auto that's blow. It, that's the auto blow. Oh well, yeah, I got that then. All right, cool. <laughs> so what's up though? Damn, Damn I'm man. Talk about Isaiah Rashad real quick, Envy. Man, so what's up though? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna talk about Isaiah Rashad because you know his, his, his sex tape dropped, and I see a lot of people judging him. For being a freak, let that man be a freak. Like if he was like started judging people, like just like I saw a video of this lady at the sipping paint, and she was being a freak, and they was judging her. Let her be like stop judging people. 
Yeah, and you know right. what else I noticed too? I'm gonna agree with you, Chav. There is a lot of penis shaming going on too, because I saw a little fizz. I saw people talking okay, about Nelly. Now, 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 now hold on, now ye. Now, uh oh, I'm not. I'm not now. Now fizz. You gotta learn your angle. You gotta <laughs> learn your angle. That's all. Okay. Well, which one was your no. favorite? I mean, I, I have no favorite. <laughs> I have no favorite. But, yo, you, but, you're, you're, tra- right. you're crazy if you think that people are not going to be judgmental in 2022 on the Internet. That's all the Internet is. <laughs> the Internet is one big space of judgment. Hey, man. We just, hey, let, let, let people live out their kinks, man. Yeah. Isaiah Rashad and Lil Fizz got sex safe? No, no, I don't think so. But you didn't see Isaiah Rashad's sex, uh, sex safe? Isaiah Isaiah Rashad has one, yes. No, I didn't see it. Okay. Oh well, you might not. You might not want to go look at it. Envy is lying. I'm that not, that not. that video was in the group chat last night. Oh, that. I'm about to say. I'm sure. That's Isaiah. Envy be lying, man. That's Why are we gonna sit there and lie? I swear, I didn't. <laughs> Somebody know. sent us that in the group chat <laughs> last <laughs> night. It's, it's live for no goddamn reason. I'm sitting there like that. What? They, they I'm sitting there thinking like know. they sent it to me. I didn't know that was Isaiah Rashad. Oh please. No, so that's, you that's sent Isaiah him this. So, you thought you were just watching a random porno. No, well, well, first of all, I'm going to wow. human resources because Charlamagne sent me something. I didn't send you that. That did not come from me. That came from somebody else. And then, I, you sure that's Isaiah Rashad? I didn't look, so I don't know. Well, I have nothing to do with this. Well, whoever sent it to me, I'm going God to bless that, brother. I just want y'all to know that. Thanks, Trav. All right, bro. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? Uh, well, yeah, let's switch gears for a second and let's talk about Danny Lay's brother getting into it with the baby in a bowling alley in L.A. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morgan. Hey, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's happening? Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk the baby. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has Well, the baby and Danny Lay's brother, Brandon Bills, got into it at a bowling alley in L.A. It looks like London on the track was having a party at the bowling alley and they were all in attendance. And so just to flash you guys back, Danny Lay's brother, Brandon Bills, does not like the baby because he doesn't like how the baby treated his sister, Danny Lay. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Right. And if you recall, Danny Lay and the baby got into a You know, they got into a spat, a disagreement on social media. He was live. He was saying things about her. And Brandon Bills had since said that he wanted to box the baby. And here's what else he had to say on Hollywood Unlocked. This want to call the cops on my sis. This want to disrespect my sister online for the world to see. Disrespect my family. You Mr. Tough Guy over here beating up bitches, knocking little little, little guys out here and there. You're not going to do that to me, first off. So this is what we're going to do, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a hospital right now. I got in a car accident. I got a f***ed up neck. I still beat your ass with my neck like this, bro. On God. When you come to the West Coast, bro, one-on-one fade to see what happens between me and you. I want to see how much of a gangster you are. How much of a real man you are. 12 hours All right, later. well, the baby did, did go to the West Coast. and Well, that video's from a while ago, but he did go to the West Coast. And he was at this party at the bowling alley, and he... Did see the baby at the bowling alley. Brandon Bills was there and there was an altercation. There's a video of it all over online and you can see it's the baby and his entourage and Brandon Bills definitely got slammed onto the bowling alley. 
onto the lanes. Now, Danny Lay posted lame as hell running up on my brother on some slippery ass floors with five or six of your boys while he's by himself and not even touching him. Lame and so sad. I pray this stops now because this is my family and I got a daughter to raise sad. Now, prior to uh, seeing this video of the altercation, the baby had posted a picture of himself. It could be related. It could not be related. And he put ain't ish change first and where play gets stepped on. And that was the picture and the caption that he posted. And that was about nine hours ago. Here is what Brandon Bills had to say after this video was released. You want to grab me by my hair? Didn't catch no fair one. They came and jumped me my once I slipped. I spoke to you like a man, my I say, yo, come, let's talk one-on-one -on -one like some men, my me and you on the side. That's some bitch-ass shit. Ain't no brownie points there, my niggas grab me by my hair, on that slippery-ass floor, my out of here, nigga. One, one person, nigga, I was by myself, and I stood right there, nigga. I spoke to you. Well, all your niggas right there, my I bet you that shit would have been, I've been slipping, I would have been throwing, it would have been on, my it would have been on for real. Well, the reality of the situation is, you know, when you make that kind of threat, the baby and everybody around the baby is on alert for you. So if I'm with all my people and you approach me by yourself, then me and my folks automatically think it's a threat and you might have something on you. Yeah. So I know he asked for the one-on-one -on -one fade, but he has to know that wouldn't be the case. You can't pick and choose the outcome of those situations. I keep telling y'all over and over, you cannot control how someone reacts to you. And I will never understand how people can say or do things and then you think you can control a person's response. That's not how life works. Yeah, and I will say this. Uh, if you threaten me online and then I see you in person, it's on site. And if I'm the baby, I have, what, a couple with me, my friends with me. Everybody's on high me. alert. And if they see you, I mean, you lucky. I'll be honest, and this is, I, I'm not picking a side. But you come into that bowling alley by yourself, you're lucky that you were able to walk out. That's, that's God's honest truth. And I'm thinking if you walking up, that's the name of my late night talk show, too. <laughs> but that's also like if you walk up on me and I'm with all my people and you by yourself, I have to think you got a gun on you. Correct. I just, I mean, that's just my, that would just be my mentality. And I know everybody around me's mentality, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I wish everybody right, the well, best in this situation. I agree with Danny Lay in that she hopes it stops now because she does have a family. They do have Absolutely. a child together. And I disagree All with right. Danny Lay when she said that he didn't get touched. I, I got eyes. Right. Okay. Well, Adele is under fire and now I have to say this is weird she's being accused of transphobia and this is all because she was at the Brit Awards on Tuesday she was getting her prize for artist of the year and that's a newly created category merging the old best male and best female artist awards so instead of those two separate ones there's just artist of the year and here's what she had to say well the name of this award has changed but I really love being a woman and being a female artist I do I do. I'm, re I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Thank you so much. So what did it? How that? Tr what's transphobic? What did she say? I missed the transphobia. Where's the transphobia? That's what I'm saying. People were attacking her online for that. We're saying she and uh, so, a woman. Her saying she's yeah. proud to be a woman is transphobic. She's proud to be a woman artist. Huh? This world has to. Yeah, stop. I. I think this is too much now. Because the thing is, too much part now? of it is the history, of, think it's too much history of history of this award, you know, and you can see this is the first time they've merged these two awards together to just make it Artist of the Year. Obviously, women have a lot rougher time in the entertainment industry, so that's a, how I took it. I must be missing some context because she's I just, a woman I just felt like she, she was saying she's proud to be a woman. What does that have to do with the award merging and everything? Like, I don't, I'm so confused. And transphobia, like, I'm so confused. What does it all have to do with anything? 
I must be missing the some reason content. there was a best male and best female artist award. Now there's just an artist of the year award. Okay, so, so that, it's mean, not that means like you're the best the artist. The that means you're the best artist. Period. Correct. Period. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's and that she said she was proud to and loves being a woman and loves being a female artist. People in the audience seemed to like it, but then online people were calling her a turf. They were saying she was transphobic and <sighs> that she had used her platform to call for the destruction of the trans community. Can we stop listening to people online? Seriously, man. Who are these people? Like, if there's not a face to these people, like, if these people, you know, aren't someone that you can actually go touch and see, why are we listening to these people? Angelia, are you proud to be a woman? Online outrage is silly. All right? Especially for stuff like this. Yeah, are you proud to be a woman? Uh, yeah, I'm proud of the accomplishments that I've made in this male-dominated industry. And y'all do realize in life is always another side, right? Like, just because you, I guess, do something that you think is progressive and all inclusive doesn't mean the folks you like the folks you are racing have to like it i guess can you say right? you, can she say she's proud to be a woman who yeah man i don't leave me alone i don't know i don't even know what are we talking about what right now what are you are you proud to be a all right woman? Well, i am proud to be a black human okay well that is your <laughs> and i don't even reports. know if i'm really human i might be an alien i'm okay what well, technically we all are aliens to somebody else so i am a proud human alien okay because other people on planets other planets look at us as oh something boy. different. So I am a proud human extraterrestrial. Aliens okay? will be out there protesting. And I'm a superhero. All now, right? Oh, now you're a superhero. And I used to think I was Teen Wolf growing up. So I'm proud to be all of that. Okay? I am me. You're way too little to be Teen Wolf. That is right. a lie. What are you talking about? Michael J. Fox wasn't that tall. I'm taller than Michael J. Fox. You're not taller than Michael J. Fox. I'll beat you up right now. You're not taller than Michael J. Fox. You're not taller than Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox ain't number five feet tall. And you four foot nine. You I am cool. five, six, That's a five, lie. seven. That is a lie. And my posture is correct. Michael J. Fox is, hold on, let me get his height right fast. I'm offended. He's five, five. Mm-hmm. I'm offended. You're short-shaming right now. definitely taller than you. I'm taller than Michael J. Fox. All right, well, that is you're your rumor report. You're short-shaming right now. All right, we got front page news next. Me and all the short people about to protest, y'all, <laughs> outside the radio station. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm scared. Yes. Uh, Florida story when we come back. Florida. All right, we'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. The General Insurance is a quality insurance company that has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and you should take a closer look at The General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. All right, where are we starting, Yeezy? Well, you know, Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. They did a survey. They said that 48% of fans would like to see the game move to Saturdays moving forward because 14% of Americans call out sick the next day. Mm, that makes sense. What do you think about that? Um, Saturdays nah. That give us Monday off. Saturdays are cool football days, but it's nothing like Sundays, man. Sundays are the days for football. It just is what it is. All right, now a couple in Florida was arrested. They allegedly forced their adoptive teen son to live in a small lock structure that was inside of their garage. And they actually had the 13-year-old boy living there for several years. He was uncovered by authorities. He was reported missing from the family's home. A detective was uh, investigating the missing person's case and they spotted that eight by eight foot structure. It had a deadbolt lock and a light switch on the exterior wall. Inside of the box was a bucket, there was a mattress and there was a camera. Now the mother said the space was used as an office and for storage, but then police found the missing son at school the following day and they learned 
what that was really used for through several interviews with the boy. They determined that they had kept him locked up in that box since at least 2017. He was only allowed to leave to go to school. They bought him meals and he was forced to go to the bathroom in that bucket. They were charged with aggravated child abuse. Uh, that family, the Ferreters. Now, there were also three other kids living inside their home and they've been placed in custody. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you when uh, you adopt somebody, don't they have to come and do a, a, a wellness check on the house and see where the kid's going to be living and staying and all of that type of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, what so the hell I'm they sure show? they looked in the house and probably inside the house and not that structure. Mm. And, you know, but really sad um, story. So fortunately they did uh, managed to find him and get him out of that situation. But but it's went on for years. So imagine the type of trauma that child is going to be facing from having had to deal with that. And it makes no All sense. Right, like, now, you could have just kept him in adoption. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just silly. Some sick people in this world, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, according to reports, Bob Saget did not die of a heart attack or a stroke. Authorities originally believed that was the case. They said what really happened is uh, he hit an object, possibly the headboard or something like that, but there was a bruise on the back of his head. They said that uh, they believe he didn't know the severity of the injury. He got under the covers, went to sleep, and they said he never woke up and he died from a brain bleed. So they Man. said the toxicology report came back. There was no narcotics or alcohol in his system. That was horrible. Damn. Send mm-hmm. his healing energy to him and his family. But they always oh. tell you when you when you hit your head as a kid or if you have children, if they hit their head, you never... Never go to sleep. You wait don't a go to sleep. Hours. Yeah. Even yeah. if you hit your own head, they say don't go to sleep for a while. But clearly he didn't know how severe it was because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you can hit your head and think it's not a big deal and be like, ah, that's going to leave a, you know, a absolutely. Bump and yeah. then go to sleep. Yeah. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. All right. Now, when we come back, Reverend Al Sharpton will be joining us. We're going to kick it with Reverend Al. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ MD, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He just keeps getting younger and younger. That's right. Reverend Al Sharpton. <laughs> Say that younger bit again. <laughs> how you doing, Rev? I'm great. How you doing? Blessed black and highly favored, man. All right. Well, how you been doing during this COVID and, 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 and pandemic? How's everything been with you? Bro? Everything been good. I mean, luckily, I've not had any uh, COVID, and uh, most of my staff around the country has been good, so we've been... We've been rolling. If they would just stop killing us, uh, I couldn't stay home. But you know, we, you know, we had to fight the Ahmed Aubrey case, mm-hmm. the uh, case of Dante Wright, mm-hmm. and the George Floyd trial in the middle of the COVID, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. and do the marches in Washington. Right. So we remained active. So I was concerned uh, being out there, but we had to do. What we had to do. They didn't stop shooting during COVID, so we didn't stop doing what we had to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. You, now you, 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 of course, you're in. You're based out of New York City. There's a lot of crime going on in New York right now. How can we get a hold of the crime a little bit and, and kind of stop these shootings, stop these innocent kids and people getting killed? What, what, what do you think? I mean, you know, I think that we've got to have a balance where we've got to really deal with crime, but at the same time not go overboard where we go back into everybody's a criminal in our community where, like, stop and frisk was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Adams, the new mayor, when I started National Action Network 30 years ago, uh, we had to have five people sign for the incorporation. One was a black cop named Eric Adams. Mm, wow. So I've known Eric a long time. He's been in the House of Justice, our headquarters in Harlem, five times since he was elected. And I've said to him, I've got concerns that we don't go overboard because they're talking about bringing back uh, the plainclothes policemen. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that where they're throwing everybody up against the wall like you're a suspect. But at the same time, 
we cannot on the ground not be concerned with all these murders and 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 looting going on so there's got to be community policing you've got to make the community work with the precincts you got to get rid of these cops that are not conducive to that one of the things is you ought to force the police in new york to live in new york mm. so right now they don't i thought they had to live in no, the, no? you you need to have uh a police live in the city you need to have them in their precincts, work with the communities groups. And I'm not talking about the funded groups. I'm talking about the grassroots groups on the ground because people can talk to people that can relate to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and I think that some of the community groups, those of us like National Action Network that fight police brutality, have got to say we've got to work with people that are responsive to us around this crime issue. Uh, I don't want to be mugged. I don't want to be robbed. I don't want to be killed by a cop or uh, somebody in our community that's criminal. We, the other thing we got to deal with is this mental health situation. Right. The one thing that, that COVID showed is that something you've been championing, there's a lot of mental health issues, mm-hmm. and it's not caused by people. You never saw the amount of mental health people in the streets until COVID. And I think that there's been no real announcement on how we're going to really go and deal with that. I think that that is a problem. If somebody stands on a platform at a subway and pushes somebody in front of a train, that's a mental problem. That's, that's not right. a criminal problem. And you 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 need to, to doctor that, not just lock it up. When you lock it up, if you let it out in five months or five years, they still got a problem. That's right. You know, what you're discussing is, you know, things I'm very concerned about because it does feel like we're going back to the 94 crime bill days. And, you know, with, with Biden in office, he's a tough on crime president. I can see that happening. I marched on Biden and Clinton in mm-hmm. 94 about the crime bill. And, and and most of the civil rights community at that time, uh, Charlemagne, was against me. Mm-hmm. Many other Congressional Black Caucus members. And I said, wait a minute, y'all are going to lock us up. They had mandatory jail time if you were caught with two vials of crack. Mm-hmm. But you, can, uh, you had discretionary time if you had cocaine. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's only going to hit us at the bottom. You can't have crack without cocaine. Right. Why aren't y'all hitting the, the big distributors and, and, and all? A half generation of us went to jail for mandatory time uh, under that. Biden was who helped usher it through for Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And people told me, you can't march against the Democrats. I said, watch me. And we <laughs> did. And uh, uh, later, I'll give credit, uh, uh, Biden did come to National Action Network about three years ago and admitted he was wrong. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's after people have done 20, 30 years. Right. So my concern, and I've said this to Eric Adams, and I say this to uh, the Black Caucus now, is that you've got Biden in now uh, who had done that in the past. I do not want to see them revert back. I do. He has said he will not. But if these cities start pushing him that's right. and all this politics, where are we going with this? How do you think that they're doing, both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? I think Biden uh, got a tough hand with a 50-50 uh, Senate. And I think that uh, uh, I wish that he would have put voting rights bill ahead of the infrastructure bill. Uh, he uses capital on the infrastructure bill. We didn't get the voting rights bill. And I think they're going to have a challenge in the midterm elections because we voted for Biden around voting rights and George Floyd Policing Act, mm-hmm. police brutality. That's right. We've got nothing from That's right. And we've got to deal with, yeah, it's good. Infrastructure's good. I give him credit on that. Uh, some of the things are good. He's not Donald Trump. But the things that we wanted, we've not gotten. And we don't see a clear path. They need to make it clear how we do that. 
in terms of uh, uh, Kamala Harris, a vice president, if she goes too far out there, you're overshadowing the president. Mm-hmm. If you don't go far enough, what are you doing? So she's in a very precarious position. Wow. All right, we got more with Reverend Al Sharpton. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Reverend Al Sharpton. Charlamagne? You know, you, you got the new book, Righteous Troublemakers, Untold Story of the Social Justice Movement in America. What is the book about? I wanted to come out, especially during Black History Month, because growing up in the movement in the North, uh, it occurred to me there were people that I didn't know about, and clearly the public didn't know about, that uh, made real changes, mm-hmm. and they played them off to the side. Mm-hmm. And what happened was uh, last year when we had the big march uh, on Washington around George Floyd and, and the cases, we had over 200,000 people in the middle of a pandemic, and we marching, we're walking rather to the stage, to the steps where we're going to speak right where Dr. King spoke, Martin Luther King III and me, families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Aubrey, all of them were there. And there was this old man in the crowd jumping up and down with something in his hand. And the security guys around me just kept us moving. I said, wait a minute, what is that old man doing? And they said, uh, keep moving, Reverend. I said, no, get that old man. And they brought him over to me. And he said, uh, he looked like he was in his 80s. He said, Reverend, this is a button. And they looked, read the button, March on Washington, 63. Wow. He said, I was here in 63 with Dr. King, and I wanted to be here with you today. And he just went back in the crowd. Wow. A couple of hundred thousand people. Wow. And I thought about it. It haunted me for a while. I said, how many people that knew they were not going to be in the newspaper in the morning? Mm-hmm. They knew they were not going to be interviewed on TV tonight. Mm-hmm. These are the people take their money for unrecognized reasons and made the movement work. And I wanted to profile them. Most people don't know there was a black woman arrested for refusing to give up her seat in the front of the bus in Montgomery, Alabama, nine months before Rosa Parks. They didn't make a rally around her, make a symbol out of her because they said she was too dark-skinned and she was pregnant and uh, not married. Wow. I write about her. There was an attorney named Paulie uh, Murray who wrote a lot of the legal work that Thurgood Marshall used in the historic Brown versus the Board of Education Supreme Court case. They would not pump her up, blow her up, as we would say, Mm -hmm. because she was a woman and gay. So I wanted to write a book about, look, these people paid dues. These people made it possible for us to get where we are, and they didn't get no limelight. And I figured, well, I have some shine on me. I wanted to shine it on those that I know. I know down through the years, if I had called marches and nobody came, I'm just a guy going for a walk. So it's time to sometimes say, (laughs) (laughs) it's time for sometimes to say, wait a minute, you know these people back here are sacrificing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a little profile. But they ain't getting nothing. They're the real champions of the movement. Absolutely. You know, you talked about the the 80-year-old man who came to your march, and, you know, you're an OG, Rev. So why don't I see, I feel like I don't see the older and younger generations of leaders working together more. Not just folks that's already on your team, but, like, you know, the Tamika Mallory's, the Kimberly Johnson's. I think think a lot of it is. Kimberly Jones, I'm sorry. I think a lot of it is that everybody wants to make their uh, brand, make their name. And uh, and I think you got to give them space. Mm-hmm. I, I came up, generation ahead of me was John Lewis and Jesse Jackson and them. I wanted to make my own bone. So I don't interfere with that. But I think that what has to happen is those that have traditional organizations like ours need to be working with the young people in our organization because some of them come out of our organization. Mm-hmm. And, and there should be a bond in there. 
I think a lot of them feel, well, if I'm too much around uh, 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 Sharpton or the head of NACP, it's going to overwhelm me. They need to get their own brand. But work with other people because this the movement going to have to be continued beyond us. I don't care who we are. We ain't going to last forever. And I think you're right. We've got to have that continuity of struggle. Like right now, they've got all kind of uh, uh, stuff out there against Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I talked to some of them and said, wait a minute. We need to know what's real, what's not real, so we can stand together. I, re- I remember when uh, about 20 years ago, press was on me about something. And Reverend Jackson called me, who was, you know, like a mentor to me, mm-hmm. but we hadn't been talking. And he said, Al, I keep telling you that an oak tree can only be covered in the forest by another oak tree. A bush Ooh. can't cover it mm-hmm. because it's not tall enough. Ooh. Oak trees need to cover oak trees. Absolutely. And that's the kind of maturity we need from both the young and the old. The old can't hold on too long, and the young can't act like they just invented the wheel. We all got to try that. to find what's, a way to do it. What's the Bible say? Uh, old folks for counsel, young folks for war, right? That's right. So, exactly right. So, I mean, it sounds like you're open to giving that counsel. I'm, I'm open to give that counsel, but they gonna they need to want the counsel. Mm-hmm. I don't need to impose it. But I'm saying whether I give the counsel or not, they ought to be working together. And I can counsel through our young people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tyleek McMillan, I got a 25-year-old youth leader that's great. I think all of us need to do what we got to do. And it's not only in the movement. It's in, in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, I was talking to a young sister at our youth. Uh, 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 we have a group that we call Huddle that our young people meet every week. So I come, I don't go every week, but I was in my office one night and I said, let me show you some stuff. I'm going to impress her. She was 15, 16. And I said, here's a picture with me and Puffy. And here's a picture with me and this one. And uh, I did Michael Jackson's funeral. She said, oh, do you know any young artists? And I'm like, (laughs) 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 I'm like, okay. But to them, guys 50 years old are OGs. Somebody just told us something earlier that just made us feel dumb. Made you hype. He's like, yeah, Yeah. y'all were born in the 1900s. Yeah, we were, though. Yeah. But I was like, that just makes it sound like we was born a long time ago. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was going to ask, with everything going on, I I just wanted your opinion on some of the things. I want to start off with Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, I think... What are your thoughts on that? All right. First of all, there's no doubt Hitler went after the Jews as a race. Absolutely. Because uh, he went for the white supremacist, white Aryan. It was based on race. There are the debates about uh, whether it's race or religion. But the challenge that uh, you had is the Holocaust was based on race, about an Aryan nation. That's right. Now, the question becomes, for me, in this cancel culture, is how you can suspend Whoopi, but you got all kind of maturations around Joe Rogan. I was going to ask you about that So, I, I mean, so what's the standard here? You, do, you feel like I think it's based on company. Them? I think it's the company you work for. I think it's the company, and I think it's whether or not you can put public, public pressure. ABC is different in terms of the corporate lineup mm-hmm. than, uh, than Spotify is. What do you think about what Joe Rogan said? And do you think he more should have happened? I, th- I think, again, it's the company's got to deal with. I think the fact that the company's losing a lot of people, if they're going to choose him over them, then we know who they are. Uh, and I think, you know, somebody asked me, TMZ, uh, are you calling them to fire him? Are you going after him like years ago you went after Imus? I said they may want us to do that. We've got to be strategic. We knew the vulnerability of CBS and NBC. Spotify is a different structure. Like right, mm-hmm. right now, we had uh, jumped on NFL and we had a meeting uh, the other day with Goodell. You've got advertisers. You've got public financing NFL has to deal with. Where's your nerve uh, point 
with Spotify. Those go back to counseling. Those of us that's been in this a while need to always tell people you got to pick the fights you can win. And not all motion ain't movement. Mm. All right, we got more with Reverend Al Sharpton. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody is DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Reverend Al Sharpton. Now, you said you had a meeting with Roger Goodell from the NFL. How did that go? We had a Zoom meeting. I, I wrote him a letter Friday, asked for a meeting. And on Monday, uh, Mark Morial of the Urban League, uh, uh, Derek Johnson, the NACP, Rev, uh, Reverend Barbara Skinner, and uh, Melody Campbell and I had a meeting. And uh, we told him the Rooney re- rule is out the window. It's not worked. Uh, when you look at the Belichick uh, text message that he sent to the wrong Brian rather than mm-hmm. Brian Flores, uh, he was sending it to the white Brian. He mm-hmm. was sending it to Brian Flores. It shows that they were just going through the motions, act like we interviewed a black, and let it go. So you need to get rid of the Rooney rule. We need rules that deal, well, not rules necessarily, but we need timetable, target dates, achievements, assessments, hard calendar. Other, anything other than that is unacceptable. I said, now let me tell you this, Commissioner Goodell. This is not just about jumping up and down outside the stadium, which I've done. This is about all of your 32 teams get public financing. People don't understand the taxpayers have paid for these stadiums to be built. The taxpayers are paying a lot of tax abatements. We'll go into these city councils in these cities and have them vote because no city councilman is going to get up there and vote against uh, us on saying the NFL has 32 teams, no, never had a black winner, a black owner rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, 32 teams now only have two black two coaches. coaches. So we can go the public route and we can tell your advertisers that if they advertise with you next Super Bowl, you got a problem with us. Uh, let's sit down and talk. He uh, said that we're going to have concrete meetings. I, I don't want, first of all, I don't want Brian Flores to be the next Colin Kaepernick. I think too many just walked over Kaepernick and didn't deal with the reality of that nothing should have went forward until that man has his job back. We don't want that to happen to Brian Flores. And secondly, I think that we've got to go through, if it's a year marker or six-month marker, when do we see ownership, when do we see the uh amount of black coaches increase. Is it le- is it legal to say, look, y'all have to have a mandatory amount of black coaches in the NFL? It's not legal if you say the number. Okay. It is legal to say that it has to be more diverse. Mm-hmm. And a city council can say there's not enough diversity for us to give public funds. They don't have to give a number. Mm-hmm. Just say we can't invest public funds in an entity that historically has not shown diversity. I want, I want to go back to something you were saying about cancel culture. Do you think we have enough conversations around how culture and society change. Because one of my favorite books is Dr. Peniel Joseph, The Sword and the Shield. But if you read about Martin Luther King Jr. back then, and just, you know, he, he didn't want women to lead, you know, lead the movement, wouldn't let women speak, you know, at, at rallies, things like that. Like, people would call that misogynistic. They would call it sexist. They would say, you know, he was terrible to his wife. So in this era, they probably would want to cancel him. Yeah. So it's like, shouldn't people be allowed to grow and evolve? And shouldn't we have discussions about how culture has changed? If we're going to be honest, all of us has grown and evolved. That's right. And I think that we've got to be able to correct people without canceling them. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
uh, who among us uh, would not be canceled That's for right. anything? That's right. And That's I think right. that sometimes we have taken it too far. I think, yes, some people ought to be totally dismissed if they do an overt act that, that is against the interests of the public. But if you're evolving and misspeak, if you're evolving and, 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 and do something inadvertently that was not uh, hate-filled, you can evolve. You mm-hmm. sit down and talk about that. And, and I think that they, they've used this in a way that I think is dangerous. Mm. For President Joe Biden, right, and he's he, with him asking for all these different things when he was on his, in his campaign trail, and he promised all these different things, and the fact that he's not doing that, where do we go as a people? I think the, the, the issue we're going to have is, during the midterms, is that if we vote a new Senate in, and if we vote a new uh, House in, it gives him more to work with. Now, whether we are pro-Biden or not, he's going to be there another two years. Mm-hmm. His uh, reason that he can't do a lot now is only 50-50. Well, if he gets uh, more senators, then you have no excuse. If you get more congressmen, you have no excuse, which is why it is vital that we get past these voting impediments that they're putting up. The Republicans had a long plan. They yes, said they that we are going to take the federal courts and the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. They just decided that they were not going to turn over the uh, Alabama voting restrictions. Why? Because Donald Trump, with all of his imbecilic uh, uh, kind of actions, put three people on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So you can say what you want. That's why I'm saying we all got to sit down and deal with strategy. And and you mentioned a great book with Peniel, Mm -hmm. is that there always has got to be people that do things differently. But we've got to be going the same place. And I think that we have got to say, if we deliver Georgia, if we deliver North Carolina, if we deliver this, we expect this, that, or the other. And y'all got two years to do it, or you're going to suffer in 24. We certainly can't go back and support people that are just outright mm-hmm. uh, or saying that Trump won the election. So what, what, why, what, why do you think? Th- I was going to ask, what are your thoughts? You know, yesterday, it was all over social media. You're on, you're on social media uh, about the crack pipe bill, you know, that that... that the, the president's going to be giving away crack pipes and, and this and that. What, what, what were your thoughts on that bill that he passed yesterday and the fact that he's given that bill where, they, where it's talking about helping black people? I mean, I think, again, are you trying to personify us with, with crack pipes? It just gives me a... That's what a, it felt like. Yeah. It just gives me an eerie feeling of going back to 94. And I, I don't want to go back there. And I think that if we start a, a, accepting that in conversation... It will then materialize in, le- in in the legal community, and that's dangerous. Well, it also too, it was it was a the grant, and the grant is for what the uh, the provision of of smoking kits. Yeah, you know what I mean to help. Uh, what do they call it? Oh, uh, the safe. It's basically like safe drug use to make sure they don't they spread diseases drugs, with needles and, diseases and things like that. But the language and the way they I spend yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think can can it, it can give the wrong kind of 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 inference. Why do you think there's not more of an uproar over the fact that? Our voting rights are being taken away. I don't understand it. I mean, we we are sitting around uh, and they're stripping us one right after another. And I think that we've got to, uh, it's funny, I, I was in Miami over the weekend for the anniversary of of uh, Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Martin. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was telling uh, the crowd uh, at the dinner, I said, we cannot get into just going for what is trendy mm-hmm. and not deal with the solid issues. There's nothing more solid about the voting thing. Everything you do, I, I meet people all the time, not just young people, old people, I'm not into politics. Yes, you are. The clothes that you wear mm-hmm. was approved through some agency that said that apparel's approval. Approval. The uh, 
food you eat. Well, FDA had to approve it. Everything mm. is political. The question is whether you have enough self-respect that you're going to say, I'm going to decide who's going to make decisions on my life. I, I was riding around many years ago with a brother who was from a different part of the movement than me, but we were friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, we was riding in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, he said to me, you know, Red Mal, I don't follow no rules like y'all, no legislation like y'all. I just do my own thing. I'm black, 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 black. I said, then why did you just stop for that red light? And he looked at me and laughed. I said, you follow what is going to protect you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The, the, the man that put that red light there gave you regulations. So let's quit playing with ourselves mm -hmm. and get down to some real basics. When you wake up every morning, what? how do you decide what's on the agenda for today? With so much going on. We just named a bunch, right? But then, you know, we're still fight, fighting for housing. Right. And the fact that they're not giving us loans. And the fact that the areas that we live in appraise a lot lower than other areas. We're still fighting for cannabis and the fact that a lot of us been arrested and locked up right. and, and spent years in prison, but not too many of us own dispensaries, not too many own licenses. How do you decide what's the fight of the day? Or what's the, you know what I mean? Because there's so much going on. You got to you gotta do what your, you know, I have a staff of 51 nationwide regional offices in six cities. You got to deal with our a basic thrust in National Action Network has been uh, dealing with racial violence and uh, voting rights. That's why Mark Morial and I work together in NACP and like what they call the traditional organization. Mm -hmm. Everybody takes the area they have expertise in because you can't be all over the place. Mm -hmm. So if it comes up with a police shooting or a racial killing like Aubrey, they defer to me because National Action Network has the staff to do that. I do that and all that. If it's something about economic development, I defer to Mark Morial. Uh, you, you, the way I always like to uh, 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 say it, is one year I spoke at Nan's convention and said, we got to be like geese. If you watch geese fly, there's one geese goose out front and they flanked by everybody else and they go. The one out front takes all of the hits, all of the gnats, all of the wind first. And he takes it as long as he can. Then he folds back in and another geese come in. We got to at least have geese wow. sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. At least have geese sense. <laughs> That's geese real. Sense. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, righteous troublemakers, untold stories of the social justice movement in America from the Reverend Al Sharpton is available right now. That's right. Thank you for coming, brother. Thank you for having me. Always good to see y'all. Yes, All sir. Right. It's Reverend Al Sharpton. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, are you ready for a different kind of verses at the uh, 2022 NBA All-Star Weekend? Well, Allen Iverson is going to compete, and he'll be competing against Tracy McGrady. Are y'all ready to see that? That's very interesting. No, I'd, right. I'd, like, I'd like to see how they mm -hmm. do it. I'm actually DJing it. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So it'll be their best highlights throughout their career, and it'll be a live stream presentation. Now, NBA, I already know Allen Iverson is your favorite of all time. Absolutely. Shout to AI. That's two different, totally. That's two totally different styles, though. It is like when Tracy McGrady used to finish around the rim. He would finish around the rim with dunks and all of that kind of stuff. But you know, AI ball handling skills was second to none. So it's just like that's two different total styles. How do you even judge that? It depends what you like. You like rim action or you like ball handling? <laughs> I hate you. Why yeah, I feel Why like he's good that? at both. <laughs> All right, and Taylor Ricks will be the official host for the event, so think, I'm sure that's going to be really dope to I watch. I think Fat Joe's doing something, too, but, you know, AI, you know, he crossed over. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, man? Yo, stop looking at me! 
Go ahead, G. All right. All right. You guys done? We done. We finished. I, have, All I, right. I, I, I didn't I didn't bite the bait, Angela, if you notice. He put that worm out there, but I didn't put my mouth nowhere near it. I didn't, I didn't put no worm out there, but Iverson is his handling skills. He crossed over uh, I, uh, Jordan. I think Iverson. Why are you stuttering? What's going Charlamagne on? Because Charlemagne is making okay. me uncomfortable, man. Oh, I'm making you yes, uncomfortable? you are. Wow. Yes, okay. you are. All right. Mm. All right. Well, speaking of sporting events, Will Smith and Peacock have dropped their Bel Air Super Bowl commercial spot. Listen to this. Now this is a story all about how they What is this? What was that? that? Now, the way they did this commercial was he got people from all over the world to join him in their own rendition of the theme song. So people submitted videos of themselves singing gotcha. or performing the theme song. They cut it up and edited it for that Super Bowl spot. I'm going to watch. That reggaeton one sounded amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch. I just don't know how I feel about Dark uh, Fresh Prince, but I mean, I can't judge it until I see it, right? But I'm going to watch. All right, now another commercial you'll be able to see during the Super Bowl is for Squarespace and Day of Stars in that. Uh, Andre 3000 makes an appearance, and he also does the voiceover. Listen to this. Sally sold seashells by the seashore, but the seashells didn't sell so well. So Sally set up a seashell store on Squarespace. Soon her seashells started selling. Sally was such a seaside sensation. She also sold swanky seashell accessories, seashell serenity sessions, savory seaside snacks, even seashell excursions of the seashore. Sally's seashells were so successful, she sailed into the setting sun as a seashell celebrity. Shucks. All right, so getting ready for these Super Bowl commercials. I know that check was stupid. Mm -hmm. I know the check. You know it was. Three thousand got for that was stupid, especially to get under three thousand <laughs> to do something, because he's not even motivated. All right. And Eminem is launching a Mom Spaghetti LA pop-up shop, and that's going to be for the Super Bowl. So Smart. if you are in downtown LA, they're going to have that there, and it'll be open on when, well, it's open now, and it stays open all the way up until Sunday. So it'll also be available on Postmates. You can order that as well. He just opened that Mom Spaghetti location in Detroit in September of last year. I'm in Detroit right now. I just stopped by there. All right. And Snoop Dogg now officially owns Death Row Records. So hey, congratulations so to him. Yeah, shout out to Snoop. That according, to, Snoop. according to our press release, he'll be leading the brand for the coming years as its new owner. And he did emphasize how excited he is to have this great brand. He said, I'm thrilled and appreciative of the opportunity to acquire the iconic and culturally significant Death Row Records brand, which has immense untapped future value. Does he own the brand and the music or just the brand? That's the what masters, I want to know. Right? Yeah, I was curious too. Did he own the masters? Is it the music or is it just, you know, the new brand? Like well, I name. guess... Um, yeah, we're, I'm not sure how the whole deal works out, but I'm sure in the coming uh, days we'll find out. But yes. Now, in the meantime with Snoop Dogg, he's being sued, according to TMZ, for sexual assault. A woman is saying that he forced oral sex on her back in 2013. Now, Snoop Dogg's representative has responded to this, and they're saying that the woman is filing this suit on the heels of the Super Bowl 
uh, hoping that she'll get a payday from it. That's right. So according to the woman, she says that she attended back in 2013 one of Snoop's shows in Anaheim, California. And Bishop Don Juan, who is a longtime associate of Snoop's, we all know Bishop Don Juan, offered her a ride home. She said she was exhausted and fell asleep at his house and awoke at 4 a.m. the next morning. And that's when the bishop removed his penis from his pants and forced his penis in her face. Uh, she also says that the bishop gave her a dress, told her to put it on so they could go to Snoop's studio he said, I want to see if they'll make you the weather girl for some TV show. And she said that she's a model and a dancer. She said she went to Snoop's, had a stomach ache, so she went to the bathroom. And while she was on the toilet, Snoop walked in and stood with his crotch in her face and forced oral sex on her. Now, afterwards, she said Bishop said, come on, take a picture with Snoop. And she said she was scared. So that's why she took the photo. And then Snoop wouldn't hire her because she refused to willingly and enthusiastically give oral sex. Now, Snoop denies everything. He posted an image on his Instagram and said that she is a gold digger. The woman wanted just a, a little bit under $10 million, and that demand wow. was rejected, according to sources. If you thought for one second they, and I have no idea who they is, weren't going to come at Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem the week of the Super Bowl where they doing the halftime show, you out of your damn mind. I knew they was going to pull up something. I thought it would be like old lyrics or something from an old interview, but they went straight criminal. And I'm, I'm glad they see the play because they went to Snoop's team, told Snoop's team there's an allegation, and unless you pay such and such, we're going to sue. And they thought he would settle because he didn't want the bad press for the Super Bowl. His team said no, and they sued and leaked the story. And I bet you they're still hoping he pays now to make it go away. If you can't see the play, I don't know what to tell you. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Charlamagne, who are you giving your donkey to? You know, it's kind of an update because I gave this person donkey of the day last year, but uh, she just got sentenced. Mary Margaret Cruper. She's a nun. She needs to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with her. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. The General Insurance is a quality insurance company that has been saving people money for nearly 60 years. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and you should take a closer look at The General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty fun. Charlemagne the devil? Possibly. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Yes, donkey of the day for, Feb for Thursday, February 10th, goes to 80-year-old Mary Margaret Cruper. Uh, she's a nun, okay? What is a nun? Well, I did some research this morning, and by research, I mean Google. And a nun is a woman who vows to dedicate her life to religious service. Nuns take vows that vary by faith and order, but often involve dedicating themselves to a life of poverty and chastity. That means no money, no sex, right? Ironically, that's most prostitutes' motto, too, okay? Some nuns devote themselves to prayer, while others, known as religious sisters, uh, serve their community by helping the poor, teaching in schools, or providing health care. Nuns are not allowed to marry use social media or smartphones. They can't own property or engage in sexual relationships. Basically, nuns are like that boring-ass piece of grilled chicken you eat for dinner two times a day when you eat and clean when you're on your workout vibes, okay? I'm not knocking them at all. It takes extreme discipline to be a nun, but imagine doing all that. And when it's all said and done, you and Kodak Black in heaven together, okay? And ain't no VIP. Once you pass those pearly gates, y'all are all in the same section. Imagine. 
But then again, nuns probably have so much peace, no social media, no smartphone. Must be amazing for your mental and emotional health. And their pH balance has never been thrown off by a dirty penis. So it's a million benefits, I'm sure, to being none. But all nuns are not created equal, okay? And Mary Margaret Cooper proves that. In fact, I would say that most nuns are fronting and doing the best they can just like the rest of us, okay? There's no such thing as perfect people. We all fall short. And uh, I don't knock anyone for the attempt. Just don't be a hypocrite and judge the rest of us publicly when you know you're doing the same sins, if not worse, privately. Now, if you remember, I gave Mary Margaret Cooper donkey of the day last summer for doing this. Let's go to KCAL CBS 9 for the report, please. A retired nun tonight is now facing fraud and money laundering charges in connection with an embezzlement scheme. 79-year-old Mary Cooper was the principal of St. James Catholic School in Torrance for almost three decades. Prosecutors say she stole more than $835,000 in school funds, including tuition and charitable donations. Cooper is accused of using that money to pay credit card bills and lavish gambling trips to Las Vegas. She has agreed to plead guilty to wire fraud and money laundering charges. She now faces up to 40 years in federal prison. 830 plus grand to fund her gambling habit. All right. Thou shalt not steal is one of the Ten Commandments. That's an alleged big one, guys. Okay, Moses wrote that on stone on a stone tablet. All right. I know tweets to the new stone tablets, but back in the day, it took a lot of work to get a chisel and write that in stone. Thou shalt not steal. That's 17 characters. All right. Let that be a lesson to all you long tweeters and folks who like to post long captions. Less is more. All right. Now, the Bible doesn't specifically say you shouldn't gamble, but it does say money is the root of all evil. So gambling falls under that, even though the whole Bible is technically a gamble because we break every rule. The Bible tells us not to break and hope that the whole forgiveness, repentance thing works out for us. That is a gamble. Okay, I'm saying all that to say, oh, married and none was out here sinning like the rest of us. Okay, well, she's been sentenced for those sins. Can we go to Local 12 WKRC for the report, please? This was Sister Mary Margaret Cooper as she headed into the federal court building in downtown L.A. last July to plead guilty to wire fraud and money laundering. Today, she went back to court to be sentenced for her crimes. The 80-year-old was the longtime principal at St. James Catholic School in Torrance. During her final decade at the school, the feds say Cooper embezzled more than $835,000. They say she used that money to support her gambling habit, take trips to Las Vegas, Lake Tahoe, and Temecula, as well as to pay personal expenses. The feds say Cooper regularly falsified school financial records to hide her crimes. Then, in an attempt to cover up what she'd done, mm. they say mm. she ordered school employees to alter records and destroy documents during an audit that exposed the theft. I think all the time all these PPP scammers getting, all right, for scamming. Okay, one year in prison for an 80-year-old woman. This is Mary. Okay, I'm holding up a picture of Mary right now. This is Mary. Now, the max was 40 years, mm-hmm. all right? She ended up getting one year. Was it sympathy because she's grandma? Was it white privilege or was it God? Was it prayer? Was it all the other nuns coming together to prayer? Pray for Mary. I don't want to hear nothing about those sins, those broken laws, that violation of vows, commandments, whatever you want to call them. Mary, you made a choice and you knew the choice you was making, okay? You knew the choice you was making was against all of those things you stood for when you did it, and you did it for a decade, a whole decade. Mary, you're 80. Now, I know we all mature at different times, but by 70, you should have it all figured out. I'm sure you make bad decisions when you're 70 because, hey, you've never been 70 before, but I think by 70, we should all be past the life of crime unless, of course, we are just 
criminals. Okay, career criminals. But I'm not here to judge. That's God's job. All I want to say is don't pretend to be something you're not. Okay, the real you will always catch up. You can't lead two lives. And we as people have to be careful, okay, because not everything is what it seems to be. All right. And not all people are, you know, what they seem to be. Some people pretend to be the beach, but they're actually quicksand. That is what Mary was. Please give Mary Margaret Krupler the biggest hee-haw. One year, $835,000. So yeah, she got a year and a day. Stealing from the church, stealing from that school for a decade. Mm. A decade of scamming. And they want her to give the money back, right? Pay the money back, restitution? Oh, you ain't getting the money back. She said, you got to get that back in blood. Mm. I'm 80 years old, and I got a year to do a year in a day. I'll be 81 when I come home. Maybe 82, depending on when our birthday land. Please. So let me ask you a question. I'm sure there's somebody out there right now that did a PPP scam and is scared. Big, 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 big time they got to. Right? And they got a lot more time than Mary did. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Of course it's not fair. <laughs> what do you mean? It's not mm-hmm. right. Of course it's not fair. We know that. Mm-mm. But it might have been God. You're right. Might have been prayer. I doubt it. I doubt it too. I doubt it. God be ignoring y'all. Y'all be y'all be praying. Some things y'all pray to God for. He sends to his spam folder, or she spends sends to her spam folder. I'm telling y'all that right now. All okay. Right. Isn't baby isn't baby blue from Pretty Ricky going to jail in jail right now? I think he Just only got surrendered himself for this. Mm-hmm. I think he only got okay. yeah. So maybe pray. Oh, you did. Yeah. Or maybe somebody praying for him too. All right. Yeah, right. They said he got more than $24 million from that. So Lord, have mercy. Oh, he's doing better than Mary. He definitely did better than Mary. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Up next, Ask Ye, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice? Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep the bread. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, what's your question for Ye? Hey, Angela. Okay, so I've been talking to this guy for a year and a half, and He's been in really bad relationships, a bad marriage and everything, but he doesn't. We do everything together. He's a really sweet guy, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't like titles. Like, he considers me his girlfriend, but he doesn't want to say that. Ooh, Um, he's got some issues. He does. And he says, like, he's told me before, like, he really needs to heal. And he's like, he's told me, like, he's, he's broken before. And he's like, but if I talk to somebody else or, like, he'll get upset, but... And I know he doesn't talk to anybody else, but we just don't have a title. And he's acts like, what's okay. the difference? You know, so I'm just wondering, like, is it worth the wait? Is it like a waste of my time? Like, what are, what's your opinion? So everything else is great. You don't think that he's doing anything else. He doesn't want to be with no. anybody else. You right. just don't have a title. He doesn't introduce you like, this is my girlfriend. Right. Like, I've met his family, and it's just, hey, y'all, this is Nicole. Like, yeah, I've met all his friends. Like, we've gone out of town. We travel with my friends. But it's just, this is this is Nicole. That's it. All right. And it bothers you? It does. It does. Mm-hmm. So what is it that like, you want? Guys, like, we've, got, we've gotten arguments about it before. Um, 
and like he's apologized and he's like he's told me like he never wants another committed like relationship like that and so I'm like, is he committed or is he not committed that's what i'm confused right. about because if he's committed and he's saying he is but then he's saying he doesn't want a committed relationship it's confusing right right um and that that's where like where my dilemma is so some of my girlfriends are like you know wait it out and then like people are like they're y'all gotta get y'all together and i'm like but we're not and I'm, I'm like, it feels like he's making know. it more complicated than it has to be. If he's not talking to anybody else, you're not. You're the person he wants to be with. Everything else is amazing. It's just no title. But he has told you that he has some trauma from his past relationships, right? Right. right. Yes. And so being sensitive to that, and this is a man that you care about, how is he dealing with that? Um, like he, he did that. like he's into meditation and everything. Um he talks to me about like everything like even like on his bad days when somebody has made him upset like he like he's truly like like he said that like he's like man you're like my soulmate man like I just like you're everything that like I've, I've wanted and like he he considers me like his true like best friend um but mm-hmm. like the title of a wife or a girlfriend or anything like that like it freaks him the heck out yeah, do you see any evolution from when you first started dating him to now? Do you feel like things are getting better? I do. I, I really do. Um, like, the minute I say, like, hey, I have, like, like when am I going to meet your son? And, like, I, we, I did that. Like, he did that. Like, the next couple of months. Like, why do you introduce me to your friends and family? He, like, okay, no problem. Here you go. Like, and it's not like a one-time thing, like, just to make me happy. Like, I've met his family more than one time after that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so if whatever I have an issue with, which is what you do in a relationship, like he's fixed it. Right. You know? Okay. So, I mean, it feels you know, like everything is commendable. I, I wouldn't want you to create problems if there are none. Okay. But I okay. also don't want to downplay how you feel because right, it's two things right. going on here. You know, he still has his trauma. He's been open and honest with you about it. And he says he doesn't want to, quote, be committed, but he is committed. So it feels like right, he has right. some things he needs to work out and he does need to get maybe some professional help to really discuss and delve into the things that he needs to do. You know, he's, he says he's meditating and you say he's meditating mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. else is amazing. But I also want to make sure that you get what you want. So what I think is that there has to be what is the end goal here? Does he plan to ever get married again? We've talked about that. Like, even if it's not, we just brought it up in discussion. He's like, I don't think I can. And I'm like, okay, I've been married before, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, and I know people have been, I know you've talked about it. Like I've, people could be in relationships for like 15 years and never really truly be married legally, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm truly okay with not ever getting married again. Like he's been there, okay. I've been there, you know? So what is it that bothers you? Is it that you feel like you guys aren't exclusive? Is it that you want him to introduce you a certain way? I think that's what it is for me. Yeah. Which one? Um, And I want it to be like introduced a a different way. So how does he introduce you? Just as Nicole, like this is, hey mom, this is Nicole. Like he'll just like, Mm -hmm. it's just, but it's not, this is my friend. He never says like, this is my friend, Nicole. Or like, this is my girl. It's just, this is Nicole. Okay. So like when well, I listen, family, I would say they're like, go ahead. Mm-hmm. They know what it is though. Like I'm sure his family knows what he's been through. <laughs> right. Oh no, they have. That, that is correct. They have. 
Okay. It feels like you're being really patient with him and you're helping him work through his problems and his issues. And I do feel like sometimes putting pressure on somebody when they're not ready for it and they've been vocal about how they feel about something, it leaves the ball in your court as far as to what you want to do. And so the ball is in your court. I do feel like if he's doing everything that you want and everything that you need, I wouldn't give up on him. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, no problem. Y'all just keep working through it. Keep having a good time, enjoying yourself. But just let him know that at some point, this is something that will have to be addressed again when you're when he's more comfortable to discuss. To discuss. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, good All luck. All right, good luck. Ask Thank Eve. Bye-bye. 800-585-1051. If you need uh, advice, uh, hit her right now. All lines are wide open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, what's your name? Hey, my name's Nisha. How are you guys? Hey, Nisha. How you feeling? Good, good. I'm on my way to work. All right. What's your question um, for Yee? So, um, I have a really good, well, I will say good business plan for me to open a coffee shop. Um, now, it's a little different. I have a lot of ideas that go into it and... Um, I have a lot of ideas for continuous profit and stuff like that, but I work a job that's like 70 hours a week and I never really have time to like work on my business plan. So all my ideas are just in my head. So Mm -hmm. I guess my question is how do I find time to work on my business? And also, you know, I don't have money to open a business. So I guess also that, you know, how do I find investors? What's the best way to fund a business? What is your business? So my goal is to open a coffee shop. I don't want to give too much details because it has really good, Okay. you know. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just don't know what I should do to start this business. I don't know how to start, you know, reaching out to people to find investors and stuff like that. Well, I will say when you open a business, you know, I own a coffee shop. Um, yeah. And one of the main things you need to think about is the, lo- the location. Where are you going to have this location so that it'll be profitable? The number one reason that brick and mortar businesses fail is because of location. So make sure you do your due diligence, right? This is a time for you to be planning, to make sure that you do all the research that you need to do. Look at competing brands, other places, spaces that you like. Do the research, put together a deck. But you have to create time if you want to start a business or else it won't work. Now, is there anybody that you know that you could partner with also or somebody that you could use as a consultant? Because I know you said you don't have money, but is there some type of equity or somebody that would be equally passionate? Yeah, my boyfriend. (laughs) Um, We both are working on this plan. We have, you know, our own inputs, our own ideas. Um, I've Mm -hmm. written stuff down. You know, I've taken the time to write everything down, to um, write down all the legal questions that I may have because it is going to be involved with cannabis. So I um, okay. live in Florida, and right now it's only legal medically. So my kind of idea is to open a place where people can maybe use their medicine um, and be in a chill spot. Because right now in Florida, you can only use cannabis on a property that's owned. Like I'm, if I'm the owner of the property and I say, yes, you can smoke here, you can use your medicine, then you can use it. But so it has to be a place that I can own and buy. It can't be like a rented spot. Um, so okay. there's just a lot that goes into it because I'm trying to make it into maybe in the future when it does become recreational. I'm already have my foot in the door. 
And do some research. There are some places like CBD coffee shops that already exist in other um, cities. So I would try to make sure I get to visit them. But you do have to make sure you allocate time to this. Because if you're just doing this in your spare time, just writing things down, there's a lot of services that they offer locally, too. Like you can go to your small business administration services and go and and take classes on how to write a business plan. You can see those things online. But you have to get all of that together because nobody is going to invest in something if they can't understand how it's going to make a profit for them. So you have to get those numbers together and you have to also invest because people don't want to invest in you if you don't invest in yourself. So right now you're saying you don't have the money, come up with a plan, whatever it is that you have to do to get that money. If you have to do a GoFundMe, if you have to ask, you know, people in your family to help contribute, but you need to make sure you have that groundwork laid out because if you're asking someone for money to invest, they want to know what is the return on my investment. And so that means you have a lot of work to do. You're in the beginning stages of planning this out, but you have to take it seriously. I know you said you work like 70 hours a week. Is there a way that you can spend some more time on what it is that you want to do for yourself to lessen those hours right now? To lessen the hours? No, not really. Like we're pretty short staffed. So that's why I work so much. Um, okay. So I really just, I, I guess, you know, waking up early. <laughs> so that's my issue. So maybe if I wake up a little bit earlier, I can take that time in the morning to start writing. So, yes, girl, yeah, find time. If you have vacation days, you might have to take your vacation days to do that and not go on vacation. Yeah. Even and taking also, a week you know, off to just really focus and plan out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you're interested, I mean, I would love to send you my ideas, maybe an email that I can send you my ideas to. Um, I know a couple of months ago, I heard you talking to somebody. They're like, yeah, you know, sometimes people don't have a business plan ready, but maybe create a slideshow or something. So I'm willing to do that um, if you're willing to hear my ideas. Okay. And listen, just start small. Don't try to do too much too soon. If you can show people this can work, you know, you can actually start small and then let your idea grow because it is going to change. It's not going to be what you think it is in the beginning. So just make sure you get in there and don't don't put yourself in over your head when it comes to overhead. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah. But send it to me. Send it through to me. Okay. Stay on the line. I'll give you my email. All righty, guys. Have a good day. You too now. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes. Why is Vogue magazine under fire? It has to do with Kim Kardashian on the cover of the latest issue. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So Kim Kardashian is on the cover of the latest issue of Vogue. And some people have some issues. They want to know why the former editor, Andre Leon Talley, who recently passed, was not featured and was not on the cover instead. People were posting, so Vogue isn't doing anything special for Andre Leon Talley. So Vogue thought it was a good idea to feature Kim Kardashian on the cover of the March 2022 issue and not Andre Leon Talley. Well, we know Anna Wintour truly cared for Andre, right? And a little sarcastic face. Oh, So people had a problem. How do we know that's not coming, though? Like how we know the March issue, I'm sure, we know the March issue is probably already in the works. So you do the March issue and you do something special for Andre. Right. So I'm not sure if there is something special about to happen, but if there wasn't, it should be now, right? 
All right. Now, in this interview, Kim Kardashian talks about a lot of different things. She talks about her divorce and she said her 40s are about being team me. She said, for so long, I did what made other people happy. And I think in the last two years, I decided I'm going to make myself happy. And that feels really good. And even if that created changes and caused my divorce, I think it's important to be honest with yourself about what really makes you happy. I've chosen myself. I think it's okay to choose you. Always. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Now, in addition to that, Kanye uh, shared a photo collage of that Vogue, some of the pictures that were inside. And there's some pictures of the family. And so he posted, God, please bring our family back together. And that was the caption that uh, he puts along those images from that new Vogue cover story. It's not. Is it me or it doesn't seem like he's moving like he wants his family to get back together? He's definitely, he definitely, if he, he has a strange way of showing it. If he does, you can't, you can't slander your wife in, in, in public like that, you know, and then say things like you want your family back together. No, God, I want my family back together. No. Mm. All right. Now, AJ Johnson has responded to people having issues with her lip service interview. If you didn't see it, she talked about her experience on her 50th birthday with two men. I you believe know, we have. You it. know, when I was with three men, I just break Make okay, sure you record them. Make sure you got them recorded. In society, where it'd be like right. a threesome is two men and a woman. I Let me pick the gun. Two and men? They, two men. It was like they were friends mm -hmm. and they traded off. It's the best 50th birthday ever. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Okay. And they, they were, they, and they traded off. So it was never like them together. <laughs> together. Okay. It was like they were flip flopping me. You know, one would please me, then he'd pass me to the other. And one would kiss me, and then he'd spin me around for the other. Yeah. It was like powerful? a beautiful dance. Oh my nice. goodness! <laughs> wow. like a tennis like match. It was like doing a salsa with two guys at the same time. <laughs> well, a lot of people weighed in after that story, and she did an exclusive with uh, she did an exclusive with Baller Alert, and here's what she had to say about uh, people being childish. It wasn't even sexual. We were like, you know, three musketeers, as I said. We were actually really friends, and the comfort of the friendship turned intimate and sensual, just a general intimate relationship before it became sexual. When people started saying it was a train, I never said there was penetration. I never said, you know, it's like that, that mind frame is what took over. I said in the interview, it was sensual. It was intimate. It was, you know, I, was, I felt very safe. I said all that. So that don't sound like a train to me. But again, here's the other thing. Call it what you want. All I know was it was the best intimate, sensual relationship I've ever had. And if you want to call it a train, choo-choo. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> I love AJ. Well, it sounded sexual on lip service. But my thing is, why does she have to explain herself? She what shouldn't what have does to. it matter? This is would her you, life. This is what she enjoys. Nobody's judging. Just free zone. Would you all please stop explaining yourself to social media? Please say what you said and let it be. Let them discuss amongst themselves. Who cares what them folks think? What are you doing for your 50th? But AJ is always very open about <laughs> talking about her life and talking about experience. And she is a life therapy coach. So mm -hmm. she probably wanted to further explain. She was good at it. Good explanation. Choo choo. All right. Now, Kendrick Lamar is going to detail the making of To Pimp a Butterfly on a podcast now. And it's on the um, upcoming season of Spotify's The Big Hit Show podcast. So that should be exciting. And that is a Barack Obama uh, back to podcast, by the way. It's produced by Barack and Michelle Obama's Higher Ground Productions. And it's going to be for season two. That I'm actually so going to listen to. Because mm -hmm. the Pimper Butterfly is a classic, classic album that you you actually will appreciate more than you probably did when it came out back then. That album's so damn black. Drop on the clues, Monster, the Pimper Butterfly. That's actually my favorite Kendrick Lamar album. 
All right. And Little Fizz, there's a video of him that just leaked. And in this video, there's a video clip of him. Um, people were doing like mushroom emojis and things like that. And so I saw a lot of people had things to say on social media. What y'all think? Think about what? Little Fizz's video. Little Fizz put out a video? I ain't seen no Little Fizz video. What's the song? Yeah, liars. You guys were just saying that you liked it, but okay. And I do want to give a shout out to Anthony Ramos. You know, Anthony Ramos, uh, Envy, he was in In the Heights, in which the I Heights. know you love. Yep. Yes, he, he was a star of that, and you know him um, as well for working on Hamilton. Well, he has joined the Marvel Comic Universe. Who are you playing? And so he will be an I. He'll be in Ironheart, and they said right now it's a secret. Ooh. So he'll have a key role mm. in Marvel's Ironheart series. Okay. So. I'll just go back to something you said. I ain't hear nothing about um, no Lil' Fizz. I heard interview in here talking about Isaiah Rashad. I ain't hear nothing about no Lil' Fizz. I still didn't see the Isaiah okay, Rashad guys. stuff, or did I see Lil' Fizz? Mm. There's a cap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Definitely a cap. There ain't no cap. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, All right. Up next is the People's Choice Mix, 800-585-1051. Get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is the perfect day to boss up. This is Rick Ross's guide to building your own empire. Now listen up. Your first 30 days of Audible are free when you sign up at audible.com slash breakfast club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's Black History Month. What are we doing? Listen, man, uh, today, my guy B-Dot dropped another episode of I Didn't Know, Maybe You Didn't Neither on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network, and we're talking about cowboys and are they racist. Listen. I didn't know, maybe you didn't Welcome to Mr. Dottie's Neighborhood. And we're at the home of one of the most influential saxophonists of all time. John Coltrane, right here in High Point, North Carolina. See, in the 1700s, enslaved people that got to work with the cattle, they got special privileges. Oh, they got to use their guns. Yeah, yeah. And, and they got to ride the horses. Yeah! Yeah! Now, everybody that worked with the cattle were considered cowhands. But to degrade black folk, they called them cowboys. But then the term cowboys went mainstream. And there have been notable black cowboys that have been whitewashed in history. For example, the Lone Ranger. Are you familiar with the Lone Ranger? He wasn't white, he was black. His name was Bass Reeves. He had a little Native American homeboy that went with him everywhere. And he went his whole career without ever getting shot one time. Nat Love. Nat Love was so nice with the pistols that they called him Deadwood Dick with the pistols. That was just a movie that dropped about notable black cowboys called The Harder They Fall. Look it up. Wonderful film. Because I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either. I didn't know. I didn't know the term cowboy was actually racist. But that is not going to stop me from being a Dallas Cowboy fan. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive note. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, you got a positive note, Charlemagne? I do, man, and it comes from the god named Hove. Since it is Black History Month, salute to uh, Mr. Sean Carter. Jay-Z once said, couple mistakes here and there, and I'm not always right, but I am always real, and that's how I sleep at night. Amen. Breakfast club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done? 